we got a special treat tonight. Brother John Feld, who is we've known him now for several years and um, and uh, we've been connected. He is, has gone down to the uh, um, Apostolic Conference there in Mississippi that the bishop has been speaking at for many years. But actually, we started swapping stories and come to find out, I didn't remember this, but he actually, his dad actually was going to start a church up in this area. So he, he came, what year was that, 80, 89, came 1989, stayed with us in our house, told me some stories about how I was acting up. <laughs> so praise God, amen. Um, but yeah, the Lord is doing great things. They passed their church, him and his wife, Tracy, and they have three beautiful little girls. They passed their church in uh, Myrtle Beach, and he's also the uh, uh, the home missions director or, or uh, 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 what is it called now? NAM, North American Missions Director for South Carolina, and uh, we're so glad to have him. He he just he called me and said, listen, I'm up here on business. I'd love to just come and hang out, and I just felt the Lord and put on my heart and spirit to have him come and share whatever the Lord puts on his heart. So, Brother Fell, would you come? Let's welcome him tonight. Praise God. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Great to be here in the house of the Lord with everybody. Um, I didn't tell a lot of stories about him goofing off and what have you. Just we were just being boys, and uh, but anyhow, I'm grown to uh, love the Wright family very, very much. I give honor, of course, to Pastor uh, Joel Wright and his wife and kids. And uh, uh, we're in the same boat, and we got to hang out a little bit at NAYC with our three little kids. And uh, somehow we got both of our families in his vehicle. I still don't know how we did that, but it was a disaster. We broke many laws. But uh, nevertheless, we had a good time. So uh, it is an honor to be here with everybody. I've been hearing some good things uh, about Antioch and uh, the vision that God has given. And uh, and we're excited. And uh, this is an iconic church to us. So we keep an eye on it. And, uh, and what you're doing, and and uh, we watch your uh, call to war uh, conferences online. It, we kind of have a conference going on at the same time in South Carolina, and so we haven't been able to get up here yet. But uh, thank God for media, Amen. And I'm taking the Holy Ghost. You can watch it now from five years ago, and the Holy Ghost will come rushing in, Amen. So it is fantastic, Amen. Um, why don't you be seated? I'll tell you a little bit, just a little bit about me. That way you maybe won't be so nervous. Who is this guy? Um, we started the church, felt like the Lord wanted us to start a church in North Myrtle Beach uh, in 2008. And uh, and so we did, my wife and I, with our first uh, child, uh, who was nine months old at the time. Neither one of us were raised there. I was raised in South Florida. My wife was raised in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and we were just going with the Lord and believing. You don't know how many people told us, you cannot build a church in a tourist town. Can't be done. And uh, you're, you're wasting your time. Uh, others have tried and they have failed. And they're just, you know, negativity is a trend, right? <clears throat> and so many people uh, help spread that negativity. But when you have heard from the Lord, Amen. When you have heard from the Lord. And so we went there and we started and we fought all the battles that you fight when you're 
uh, starting a church for the Lord. We didn't know if anybody was going to come to church. They don't have to come. It's kind of up to them, right? And uh, so we did everything that we could. We uh, got out and, and beat the streets and walked and knocked on doors and talked to people, introduced ourselves. We put things in the mail. We did everything that we possibly could do to try and get. We had yard sales in front of the storefront so that people would come. We, they, we know they'll come to a yard sale. I don't know how y'all do it up here in the north, but in the south, every Saturday is yard sale Saturday. And so we knew they would come to a yard sale, and we left the church doors open and had music playing and waters to drink and bathroom facilities available, and people were like, what is this? And I said, well, it's a church. And they told me, uh, Pastor Joel, that I had to have a sign, a channel letter sign up over the, because that was the, you know, the rule for the little strip mall there. And those things are expensive. And so I, to- I talked to the guy, I said, can you just make me a, a sign that just says church? That's it. I couldn't afford powerhouse. It was it cost too much. And so he made me a sign that just said church. You wouldn't believe how many people came there and visited with us because it just said church. That's it. And uh, so uh, we started meeting people, and and uh, the Lord just began to add and began to fulfill his, his promise, and he has taken care of us uh, every step of the way. This coming May will be 10 years that we have been there. And the Lord has provided every step of the way. Perhaps I'll share a few of the miracles that he has done. Amen. As I share the word of the Lord with you tonight. Psalms chapter 8. I'm just going to read two verses for you. Verses 1 and 2. Amen. And I'll try not to hold you too long tonight and I'll uh, get out of the way. Psalm 8 and 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens, and out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. I just want to talk about praise. I mean, your pastor was all over it already tonight. I just want to talk to you about praise. Maybe I can just be a wind that sweeps through here tonight and encourages somebody. Amen? About praise. Let me first say that praise is not something that I do. Praise is who I am. It is my identity. Amen. It's what I lead with. It is my weapon of choice. Amen. And some, you know, look at your neighbor and say, what are you into? You ever get asked that before? I mean, careful, careful with the answer. What are you into? Do you know how many times the enemy has come by your life and my life and asked that same question? How many times our God has come by and asked that same question? What are you into? And your pastor already mentioned that faith without works or actions speak louder than words. And I might be saying one thing with my mouth, but doing something completely different with my actions. I might, didn't the Bible say that they draw nigh to me with their lips? They got things to say, but their hearts are far from me. That means that praise is just something that they do. Because I can pray. Anybody can praise. Amen. Anybody can praise. The worst person in this entire county could walk in here tonight and get in tune with the music and clap and and begin to. Anybody can praise. If it's just something that you do. But something changes when prayer or praise becomes an identity. 
And David learned this. It's a, it's a spiritual concept that he learned in his life. And the devil launches many of his attacks against the children of God. But there's one weapon that he cannot stand against, and that's praise. Now, I know everybody's going through. I don't know anybody in this room outside of your path. I don't know any of you. I haven't met any of you. You look like fine people, though. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening in your life and, and, or anything like that. But I can tell you this, whether you're on a mountaintop or you're in a valley or you happen to be in a rough place right now and there's all kind of darkness hanging over your life, I, can, I promise you I know what the answer is. The answer is praise. It's always been praise and it always will be praise. Now, people will think you're crazy, and I had plenty of people looking at us over the years, and I remember the service that we had one person in church, one soul, came to a midweek Bible study. And I taught her a Bible study, and she got mad at me, and she never came back. You know why? It went against her religious tradition. She didn't like the word. And so she decided not to come back. And the enemy moved in so quickly and said, this is your darkest day. The very person, the one person that would show up got offended at you and is never going to come back. What are you going to do now? I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise. Now, we live in very dark times, and you guys live right here kind of in the epicenter of all the stuff that kind of goes on in our nation. And there's a lot of grumbling and complaining and talking. But you know what? This is the greatest hour of the church. This is the absolute greatest hour of the church. I'm so thankful that God decided to have me be a part of his plan in the end time. He could have chosen anybody, but he chose me. But praise is the weapon of choice. David uh, praised the Lord. I, I think the bishop actually shared last year sometime, I heard it said that uh, the reason David wasn't afraid to walk out on the battlefield against Goliath is because he'd have been anointed king, and he wasn't king yet. I can't die. What would you and I do if we knew we couldn't die? Huh? What? what anybody got a promise from God? Amen? God promised you some stuff that hasn't happened yet? Then go do it. Go Live like you can't die. Amen? Now, I didn't say go jump out of a plane. And you flip to the New Testament. The enemy is always trying to steal praise from people. The reason why he's trying to take praise is because praise is, is our gym. Praise is where we get strong. Praise is where we, everything just cut. Tonight it happened. I sat right over there. I don't know any of you. I sat right over there. And I watched as they began to, we had a guy over here on the piano. Didn't have a drummer tonight. I almost went and helped you out, but I didn't want to offend anybody. And, 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 and then pastor started, his wife's not here, so he started to sing. And you just felt as people, one, two, five, twelve, as people began to join in praise, this whole entire place lifted. Weariness began to melt away. Strength began to come in to the room. Anybody else feel it? And notice that, that David said, and, and when Jesus restated it in Matthew, uh, uh, that's uh, Psalm 8 that we read, when Jesus restated, he said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. David said, ordained strength, and Jesus interpreted it as perfected praise. So ordained strength is perfected praise. 
So I, I, I love music. I'm, I'm a musician. I love to play. I love to sing. I, I can sit at home and just, that's, that's, a, that's a good place for me to be. I love that. But I don't have to have music and I don't have to have, all I got to do is get a little bit of time alone with God and just begin to praise him. Amen. I've been working all week with people that are stressed out and they're worried and they're concerned and they don't know what they're going to do and they can't wait for 5 o'clock to get there and they're all going to rush over here and rush over there and, and they got a drink and some of them drunk till they could barely uh, uh, walk. I saw some of them stumbling around outside. They have no peace. No peace. And all I had, all day long I had peace. All day, every break that I got, God, I'm so thankful that I'm your child. I'm so thankful that all I got to do is step into my praise. A simple act of praise is bigger than you are. The world doesn't get it. They don't understand it. But praise accomplishes things that you and I normally cannot do. It's, you know, it's not fair that we have God. It's not fair. Think about it. We're in a war that we can't lose. It's not fair. And so God said, well, let me try to balance it out a little bit. I'll give them flesh to contend with. But it's really not fair to the enemy that you, and that's all right. Look at your neighbor and say, favor ain't fair. And I've got some favor. I've got some favor in my life. You say, well, I didn't win the lottery. You didn't? Amen. I'm going to hear a trumpet one day. And I'm going to get up out of here. Amen. And everybody in this world is going to want to know where they can buy a ticket to that place. Amen. And I've already gotten mine. I've already purchased mine. Amen. I stand in line behind people. And I do live in a very um, tourist area. A lot of people come and go. I think we have some 17 million people that come into the Myrtle Beach area uh, every year, and it seems to grow every year. So we have a lot of people that come in for different events. Of course, we're the golf capital of the world, so we have a lot of golfers uh, that come in. And uh, and you watch some of these people and the things that they do while they're there and, and the things that they get caught up in, and I know you have it here. I saw a lot of it uh, this week while I was here. I was at the hotel I'm at is very close to a casino, so there's just you saw all kind of stuff happening and going on. But people are looking for answers. They're looking for answers uh, in their life. They're, they're searching for it, and they, they're, they're doing the best that they know how to do to go over here and to go over there and, and to try to find it. And here I am. I've got it. I've got it. And this is what I try to teach at home is I've got it, but I can't hide it until I get here. And then I'm with you, and, and I may affect one soul while I'm here. That everybody else has already got it. And I may affect two people or three people. I've got to learn how to show that praise out there. I've got to learn how to be transparent with it out there and let somebody see it out there. And, and uh, you know, going out, branching out, and I commend everybody that is a part of this and branching out and going out west and uh, of here uh, to do this and to grow this and, and to do what God has called you to do and there might be nerves involved. And what, can I tell you something? That when God is in it, everything's going to be all right. Well, I'm t- I can settle everybody's nerves and let you know that when God is in it, everything's going to be all right. And it's, it, listen, it's multiplication by subtraction. I didn't say addition. I said multiplication by subtraction. You're like, that don't make sense. I know. It's not fair. 
It's not fair. We met a lady first year in. First year in. Started teaching her her son drum lessons. We, we needed to meet people, pastors, so we decided we're going to make up some signs and say piano and drum lessons and, and charge like 10 bucks a lesson just to meet people. We just, you know, wanted to meet them. I think we got 10 signs or 12 signs. We uh, put all on them, prayed over them, and went by schools and different places around town and stuck them in the ground. And I got a call from a grandmother, and she said, I, I, I'd like to sign my grandson up for, for drum lessons. I said, okay. And so we set up a time. He came to the church. His name is Matt. And first lesson, he opened up, started talking to me, told me, he said, I, I got in some trouble. I got some uh, community hours that I need to work off. And can you help me with this? Yeah, I can help you with it. I said, but you got to come to church. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you got, if you'll come to church, I'll give, you, I'll give you credit for three hours for every service that you come to. I think he had to work off 20, 25 hours. And I said, come a little bit early. You can help me wash the, the windows out front and, and what have you. And, and I started talking to him. I spent time with him, talking to him. And he wasn't really interested. He, he really was. He wasn't interested. To this day, he's still not in church. And, and he, just, he just wasn't interested in it. But it was doing something because he went home and told his mom. And he told his brother. And he told his grandmother. And he told his grandfather, y'all need to come to this church. He started recruiting people to come to the church. This boy, to this day, is responsible for over 20 people being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and a part of the kingdom of God, and he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. And, uh, and his mother came the first three months that we knew Shannon. She tried to kill herself twice. And I'll never forget when she called me from a psychiatric ward of a hospital after she had tried to kill herself the second time. And she said, Pastor, she said, I've only got about three minutes to talk to you, and they're going to shut the phones down and shut everything down for tonight, and I'm scared. So I just, you know, those are those bigger-than-life moments that you're saying, Lord, if I ever needed you, I need you now. I need you to speak. And we only had just, a, just three minutes to talk, and, and so I asked her if, if they were treating her right and this, that, and the other, and we kind of talked a little bit, and I started to pray with her a little bit, and I said, can you be at church? This was a Friday. Can you be at church on Sunday? And she said, I don't, I'd be afraid to come. I, I, I'd be embarrassed. Or you know, what if somebody said something? This is all I said. I know we like to think that we as pastors come up with such spiritual things. On this. this is what I said. I said, if anybody has anything to say to you, they're going to have to come through me. That's what I said. That's spiritual, y'all. That's right out the book. Phone clicked off. That's the last thing I said to her. Sunday morning, she walks in. And, and, and the, the, the post or the after story to this is to this day she will tell you that that's exactly what she needed to hear. She said, nobody had ever fought for me in my life. Nobody had ever stood up for me before. And I hung up the phone, beating myself up like I can't believe that. That's what I said? That's what you said? You knucklehead? That's the best you could come up with. In that. And to this day she will tell you, I, nobody had ever stood up for me and said, I will fight for you. She's the Sunday school director of Powerhouse Church today. She's a soul winner, a Bible study teacher, an adult Sunday school class teacher. And better than all of it, she's an intercessory prayer warrior. Amen? And amen. And she has won so many souls, and, and it, but praises. You, you, you have so many opportunities to get down. 
So many opportunities to just be discouraged. So many opportunities every day. Everybody here had opportunities today to be discouraged. You had opportunities to get down about your life, down about what's going on in your life, but you chose to come here. You made a choice, and then you followed up on that choice by getting in your vehicle and fighting the traffic that y'all have. God bless you, all of you. Y'all got to get Moses' mantle and start parting the Red Sea. Hallelujah. I grew up in a small town where it was 10 cars and a tractor. That was rush hour. The only reason we had 10 cars backed up was because of the tractor. Amen. So this stresses me out. I got to go back to my hotel room and pray. I told my wife when the first time I looked at it, it said 20 minutes. Today I put it in it, it said 45 minutes. What in the world? Devil is a lie. So we're going to pray for y'all. And God, God opens up a door for you. Let me tell you about Patrick. Patrick was a backslider, never really had a real good relationship and connection with God, had gone through a divorce and was struggling. Drugs, big time, drug addict. Had a lot of anger issues, severe anger issues. Multiple times had uh, put a gun in somebody's face and couldn't control himself. And he decided to choose powerhouse. And I said, well, aren't we the lucky ones? Get to work with Patrick. And his former pastor called me from years before and told me, you better get ready, man. This dude's going to wreak havoc in your church. I said, oh, Lord Jesus. And uh, he said, he's going to, he named all the stuff and whatever. I said, Lord have mercy. So he come there and we started working with him, praying with him. He got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. And developed a blood clot. This all happened just like that. 37 years old and before I could even get down to the hospital about two hours away, He'd already had another emergency surgery, and they lost him, were able to bring him back. And when I walked into the room to see him, and he it was pitiful the way that he looked, I, I went to greet him, just say hello. And he said, stop, stop, don't say anything, don't say anything. And he's bawling and crying, and I'm, okay, and I'm just kind of standing there, and I'd go to talk again. It's hard for me not to talk. But I'd go to talk again, and he said, no, Pastor, don't, just give me a minute, just give me a minute. I said, okay. So when he finally collected himself, he, he looked at me with such conviction, and he said, I have to tell you that you are my pastor, and I'm submitted to you. I said, oh, okay, okay, man. No, no, I've got it. And he starts yelling. You are my pastor, and I'm submitted to you. I said, okay. So I went and embraced him. We prayed. And he come out of that, that hospital, and we sat down in the office, and I said, why, why did you tell me that? Why did you have to tell me that? He said, because I've never submitted myself to anybody in my entire life. I said, yeah, but why did you have to do it then? And he said, because when I died, I went to hell. Let me tell you what, he never caused a problem. God gave him two years, completely healed him of all of that. There was, they took 98% of it, but the last 2%, they couldn't get out. And the next time they did a scan, it was completely gone. No more cancer at all. He got two more years on his life and ran the last two years of, of his life, the race for Jesus, to the best of his ability. 
won souls, brought people. He finally, finally wound up with another cancer and died. But those two extra years of his life, he ran well. He learned, I saw that boy come in with, at the end when that cancer was debilitating him and bringing him down and he could barely get his hand up and he'd stumble walking in over chairs and he'd try to get that hand up and it'd be shaking and he'd start bouncing and praising God. And people would run to the altar, run to the altar. Devil, you can take my body, you can take away all of my health, but you cannot have my praise. Is anybody hearing me tonight? I don't care where you're at in your life. If you would just stand up in your life and begin to praise Him. Come on. And when your enemy looks at you and says, what are you doing? I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger with every word that I say. Every time I engage my heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If there's one thing, I, I, I grew up in the church. I, I wasn't always walking with the Lord, but I was there. Thank God for that. But if there's one thing that I have noticed and picked up on in all the years that I have been in and around the church and among God's people is that we, you cannot do this silently. This cannot be done quietly. Jesus, our example, did he not say, I stood daily in the temple, right out in front of all of you. I didn't hide in a corner. I didn't, I didn't slink over to the side and be a ninja Christian, right? I did this openly in front of everybody. When I preached about repentance, I preached it out loud. When I preached about baptism, I preached it out loud. When I, I wonder what would happen to, is it just Antioch West, is that? And praise God, A.W., Antioch West. I wonder what would happen to Antioch West if everybody in this body, in this local body of Christ, if everybody got the revelation tonight that you can make a disciple. Amen. You can make, I didn't say make a, I'm talking about a disciple. You can make somebody turn into a follower, a devout follower of Jesus Christ. But it all is predicated on your praise. Because our world is watching us and they want to know if we're just like everybody else or if we really got the goods. So when I don't get that job, will I still praise? When I don't get that house, will I still praise? When things begin to fall apart, will I still praise? Praise is not something that I do. It's who I am. Amen. There's so many stories I could tell God has shown us all throughout uh, the way. The very first miracle that he did uh, in the church, the, his church, a powerhouse, was a lady had... Uh, cancer, stomach cancer, and she they sent her home. She was about 90, 91 pounds. And they sent her home. We were knocking doors. I remember we were out knocking doors. Actually, with two, two young men from uh, Rockville, Maryland, that had moved down, and uh, my brother-in-law pastor was close to me, and we had won them to God there at his church. And I called them and asked if they could help me knock some doors. And we were knocking doors, and this man, Johnny, called me, and he said, can you please come, and, or can you just pray for my wife? And I said, well, I'll come to the house and pray for her. He said, okay, so we drove out to the house, and we walked in, and, and he said, well, she won't come out of the room. I said, okay, uh, what do you want me to do? You want me to, well, I'll, I'll get her out, I'll get her out. And I could hear her fussing at him. I said, what's going on? Why, why is she fussing? Well, she's mad. She's mad at God because God won't heal her. 
So, okay. I said, well, just tell her to come out here so we can pray for her. Or let me go back there and pray for her. But let, let's, let's pray for her. I came out here to lay hands on her. Let me lay hands on her. In Jesus' name. So finally she come out. Oh, she was mad. Lord have mercy that lady was mad. She had the most sour look on her face. She was grumbling the whole time. I mean, wow, you got to pray for her. We've already prayed. God hadn't healed me yet. And he ain't going to heal me. I'm dying. I'm already 100 pounds. And she's just fussing every step of the way. And she come out and sat down. And she sat there. And I said, well, Miss Nancy, look, I know you've prayed. And I said, well, I said I looked at John. I said, you got some cooking oil in there. I didn't have any oil with me. I said, you got some cooking oil in there? I'll take some motor oil. I don't care. Bring me some oil. Worst case scenario, Praise God. Amen. I don't read where it has to be, you know, olive oil. But all right, all right, all right. So so he brought me some Mazzola or some Western oil, something like that. He come over there. I, the attitude that she had, I was very tempted to just pour the whole bottle on her, I'll be honest with you. Just get it all out there. But anyway, I got a little bit of oil, and she said, well, I don't know why. She said, you know what? She said, if, if, if she said, I have children. She said, and, and, and if I was God. She said, and my child had a disease like this, they wouldn't even have to ask me. If I had the power to take away, I would just take it away. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, don't kill this woman. But don't, don't kill this woman. I know you want to kill this woman. Please don't kill her. And I said, okay. I said, I hear what you're saying. I said, but let, let, let's, just, let's just pray. Let's just pray. I couldn't get to prayer fast enough. Let's just pray. And, and she said, well, we've already prayed and nothing happened. And I said, it's okay. I said, we're going Pray the prayer of faith, and I don't have any more faith. I said, that's fine. I do. And let's just use my faith today. And I looked at those two young guys in me, and I said, you better start praying. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for new converts. And them boys went in immediately. <laughs> and we prayed. And, right, and this don't happen to me very often. Right in the middle of praying, just a simple prayer of faith, God spoke to me and said, I just healed her. So we got done praying. I said, I said, God just healed you. He told me that he healed you. And she's like, I still feel pain. I said, the and I started rebuking the spirit of cancer. I didn't always know about that. But apostolic conference opened my eyes up to a lot of things. And I rebuked the spirit of cancer that tries to hang around and cause phantom pain in people's lives and try to make you feel like it's still there and it's not there. I just talked to her and her husband just the other day, and she is six years cancer-free. Six years years they told her that once you've had cancer or certain uh, tests that they do certain numbers like maybe the white blood cell count or something can never come below 60 hers is a 10 it is a 10 a walking miracle and, and you say well that's never happened to me that's a miracle amen well I, I've never been healed of cancer that's a miracle the world that you and I live in, it's a miracle. One in three women, I've been in insurance for a long time, one in three women will be diagnosed with some form of cancer during their lifetime. And men, I got bad news for you, one in two. It's either me or you are going to wind up with cancer in our lifetime. So if you've never had it and you've never had to fight it, that's a miracle that God is performing every day. So you got something to praise God about. you got something to give glory to God about. Come on, let's stand to our feet and let's just begin to raise the roof with praise. Hallelujah.
Come on, let's just take a moment right now. Come on. Just close your eyes and lift your hands. You don't know what God can do right here in this moment. You don't know what God can do right now. Oh, yes! Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Here's a, it's, 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 we still got a few minutes. It's early. Here's what I feel to do. You know, oftentimes we, we're going through something and we need, we're, we, we're, we're going through whatever we're issue, whether it's something physically or family, whatever it is. And so we ask for prayer. We come down. We all pray. But sort of, you know, we do that and call it the Pentecostal peak. We see who, who's going to show up to pray. If it's a spiritual person, thank God he may do something. If it's a carnal person, we're like, well, there's, there goes that. Here's what we're going to do tonight. If, you, if you're in this place tonight and you need, you, you need, you're going through something or you feel like you're just in a, in, a, in a dark place, maybe you're battling with depression, maybe you're battling with fear, maybe you've been going through stuff mentally, whatever it is. I don't want to put a label on it because I don't want to speak to one group. I'm just, I'm just going to put a, bl- a blank slate on it. If that's you in this place, here's what we're going to do. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to come down. And you're not going to come down to get prayed for. We're not going to pray for anything tonight. You're going to come down, and I'm, we're going to begin just to take a moment and just begin to pray. And here's what's going to happen. No matter what the outcome of your situation, you might come down here because you're facing a mountain, and you may, may leave here and it may be two mountains. But the point of the man of God said, as you begin to do that, you're, you can feel faith in here tonight. And the faith is just... And maybe that faith is not for this moment, but maybe as you begin to get, maybe tomorrow when you wake up, instead of waking up in that dark place, when you wake up and that darkness sits on your shoulder and says, you're mine one more day, you said, nope, greater is he that is in me. Why? Because last night I made a decision. No matter what I see with my eyes, I'm going to do something in my spirit. I'm not talking about positive thinking. But can I be honest with you? I've said this before. I'll say it again. You've been around people. I know people. I won't say if they're in this room. But I'll just say I know people. But if you're around them, they'll make you depressed. You can be in a good mood. You spend 20 minutes with them. You are depressed. They're negative. They're condescending. They're, they're just... 
everything is the worst case. And you can be in a good mood, hang around them, and feel depressed. But I know some people, and there's some people in this room, that if I'm down and I hang around them, I'm going to pick on him. This man right in here, I can hang around him in a bad mood. And just about being with him, he just, he's always just talking good stuff, talking about God. Jump. I can go beat down and just by being around the right people can leave different. Now, I know that's not super spiritual because we want everything to be a, you know, kickstart a Honda, kill a mosquito, spiritual, speak it in tongue thing. But sometimes it's just getting around brothers and sisters in the atmosphere and just begin to worship and praise together. And I can leave out of here. I may not leave out of here with my problem solved, but I can leave out of here strengthened in my heart and my spirit. So if you're here tonight and you need strength and you need, you're going through, come on now here. Come on. Come on.